Hey everyone, you're listening to the 107 podcast where we get together every fortnight and sometimes more often to talk about technology, business, and the humans in it. I'm your host, Ivan Stegic. Today is Friday the 13th of March 2020, and in this special episode of the podcast, I'm going to be joined by Jeff Robbins from the Yonder podcast. Jeff's podcast has been around for almost four years, and he spends his time talking to company leaders and big thinkers about how to make remote work. The podcast is focused on expanding the remote work job market and helping listeners to create happy, productive, distributed teams. Jeff's a pioneer in the field of remote work, having started his Drupal agency Lullabot back in 2006 as a completely distributed team. He's been managing remote teams for almost 15 years and has a depth of experience that we're going to draw on in this episode. We're both a part of the Bureau of Digital Community, and after seeing numerous questions popping up on the network about how to remote work, we both had the same idea at the same time. Record a podcast episode and get high-quality information about working remotely out into the public domain quickly, especially for people who are new to it. Of course, the idea of working remotely has been accelerated by being in the throes of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. Many leaders are now being forced to have to very quickly think about work-from-home policies, think about the infrastructure that they will need to support everyone being away from the office. They need to think about how to keep their workforce motivated and productive. And I'm sure there are leaders out there also worried about how to keep tabs on their workers without being able to physically see them in their cubes, that whole butts in seats thing. And on the flip side, there are millions of people across the globe that are going to be working from home for the first time. We're going to delve into some practical advice for remote workers everywhere. So without further ado, here's that recording. Thanks for joining me today, Jeff. Thanks for joining me today, Yvonne. So this is a little confusing, right? right. So we're doing a, we're doing a cross posting episode. So uh, this will this that podcast will appear on the Ten Seven website, your website, where you are up to coincidentally your eighty fourth episode, uh, and on the Yonder website where we are also posting our 84th episode. So it is episode 84 of both for both of us, uh, although of a, of a different podcast. So, uh, so we're kind of unclear on who should exactly start, but that's okay. Um, we we can figure yeah. it out. And it, it was amusing to me to see the text message from you yesterday after I reached out about kind of recording a podcast episode that you were thinking exactly the same thing. I mean, that, that was, that was yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, but yes. So to some extent, the impetus of this idea came uh, from, um, so there's a company called the Bureau of Digital that runs um, conferences uh, and a Slack channel, amongst other things, for people that run, in particular, digital agencies. They have some variants of that. But I was in Slack offering advice to all of these company leaders who were looking at 
um, uh, possibly sending their people home. And people had a lot of questions and thoughts and, and, um, and stuff like that. And I think I started thinking, hmm, I'm, I'm good at disseminating information through a podcast. Maybe I should do a podcast. I don't want to do a podcast alone where I'm just talk, talk, talking. Um, Yvonne's a, a great person who I enjoy talking to quite a bit. Maybe uh, the two of us could do it. And then I looked at my messages and there was a message from you saying, hey, do you want to be on a podcast to talk about all this? And, and, uh, and, and here we are. It's just, I just love the way that it's worked out. The Bureau of Digital Community is just such a wonderful resource for us all. And it kind of feels like this um, wave of concern and wave of worry and then action happened in the span of a few days after it built it seems to have been building up for the last few months you know what are we going to do like how are we going to react is this really going to happen and then all of a sudden in the space of about three days like people are sending all of their employees home and now leaders are wondering what's going to happen next yeah, which still remains a question. I mean, it's not like everyone's just going to magically uh, rainbows and unicorns around remote right. work, right? This is, is it, uh, we both have struggled with remote work in various ways. Uh, um, I'd like to think that I've have failed so that others can learn, <laughs> and uh, and and uh, I'm happy to share um, all of my thoughts and insights from years of thinking about this. Uh, but it's it doesn't just happen, which is right. Why we're here. Should we start with vocab, kind of just kind of definitions yeah. and words that we're going to be using maybe throughout the podcast, maybe that people will be using in their remote work, things that um, maybe haven't come up in the co-located office in the past. Uh, maybe a good place to start is... Are we all working from home? Are we remote? Are we distributed? Are we hybrid? Are we telecommuting? Are we telework? Like, which, what, what do we call it? Yeah, what it? do we call it? <clears throat> yeah. Well, to some extent, this has evolved over the years. And if you listen to early episodes of the Yonder podcast, the first thing that I ask people, uh, I ask them where, where they live, where, they, where I'm talking to them, where they are in the world, because we're spread out all over. But then I, I was asking them, what, what terms do you use? What are the words? What's the vocabulary that you use? And everyone kind of had different answers. Although over time, I feel like uh, people have kind of gathered around this term, remote work, um, uh, which is a little bit difficult It's it, because I have a whole philosophy around it. So remote has the same Latin roots as the word removed, right? Mm. It's, it's This is the rem in remote. It's, it means separated from. We are remote from something. Um, I feel like for all of these workers who are have been sent home because of the pandemic that's happening they are remote right this is the, the the company is there and they are home um however there are a lot of companies that that we talk to on the yonder podcast uh um 107 is that type of company that does not have a central office those companies i tend to refer to as distributed right and i i think that that's a better word because there's no mothership that people are not yeah. at Right, they're not. They're not not somewhere. They're exactly where they need to be. They are distributed. They're peer to peer almost. We're distributed. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're, you know, uh, another word that gets used a lot is virtual. Um, I'm hesitant to use the word virtual around companies or or uh, people, uh, virtual workers or virtual companies. These are real workers. They are real companies, right? right? Virtual, I think, tends to kind of come with uh, this thought of sort of ephemeral and and maybe sort of like, you know, a lot of like gig economy kinds of things where it's sort of like, oh, I work for Uber when I do, but then I don't, yeah. <laughs> you know, I here and gone. Um, and but you know, in order to kind of uh, establish. Uh, the sense of realness around this, which is important. We want to legitimize this type of working. I'm hesitant to use the word virtual. That being said, I think some of the communication is is more virtual. These are kind of virtual connections that we're making. Uh, you know, we're we're sort of virtually meeting in person. We're not actually meeting in person. We're meeting over video. But you know, so the, so the word virtual does come up. A fair amount. And then there are these other words that get thrown around a lot that I feel like are kind of antiquated. Telework is one that's coming up a lot. Uh, it just means working on, you know, tele or telecommunicate over the I telephone. I always thought, I didn't I, like know, that I, either because I always imagine a telephone, yeah. one of those big hunking beige ones yeah. which you have to hold to your face, you know? Yeah. And one that's luckily fading out is e-work, yeah. um, which is just very mm-hmm. loose and weird. I mean, it's like any work on a computer is electronic work, I guess, you know. And then uh, work from home. Now, uh, in the U.S., uh, work from home uh, is starting to lose um, this sort of stigma it had um, growing up in the 70s and 80s. There used to be these signs posted on uh, you know, uh, electrical poles and places as you drive around your town, work from home. And it was a pyramid scheme. You know, it was sort of like <laughs> stuff dollars and envelopes and send them to your friends. You can work from home. You could make $50,000 a year, you know, and, and it was a sort of scam kind of thing. Um, uh, but what we're actually talking about literally these days is people working from home. They're working from home. I, t- I tend to be hesitant to use that word interchangeably with remote work because lots of times people are working from co-working spaces or um, Starbucks or you know so just other other places other than, you know, they have an office. It's just not shared with other people. Um, uh, however, if if we're if we're quarantining at home, uh, we're working from home, so that that one's not inappropriate. Exactly Maybe it right should now. be called quarantined work from now on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah, just associate it with with sickness, very and, positive and virus. Yes. Uh, yeah. What yeah, what no. other words do we use in the community in the um, in this kind of distributed workforce? Well, there's. The, these terms that are kind of big words uh, that that come up a fair amount, but I just want to define them at the top because they're likely to come up as we talk about this stuff further. Um, the idea of synchronous and asynchronous, which sound very technical, programmery kind of computer words, um, but they're not. Uh, and we talk about synchronous communication and asynchronous communication. Synchronous communication sometimes is referred to as real time happening all at once and asynchronous communication happening not in real time. Um, so uh, good examples of synchronous communication are 
recording a podcast over a VoIP kind of mm-hmm. system or a telephone call or meeting in person, right? This is stuff where it needs to happen at the same time. It's funny because this language has actually made its way into our kind of work vernacular. We talk about syncing up, right? This is this is the sync and synchronous. Hey, let's sync up. Uh, let's talk on the phone. Let's do a video conference. Let's um, there, you know, even you can sync up over over Slack uh, or text messaging, um, but those are kind of hybrid technologies because because you know it, it's kind of up to your company culture as to whether people need to respond immediately to a text or a Slack message or not, um, and those things you know tend to kind of live longer. Asynchronous communications like email, uh, message boards, issue queues for you programmers out there. Um, uh, even things like voicemail, you know, stuff that's kind of more archival that you can kind of go back and refer to. And you can um, use you can uh, use Slack you know, asynchronously as well. I mean, if you're going if you're going to absolutely. spend some time focusing on some work and switching Slack off, you can put it into Do Not Disturb, and it effectively turns into asynchronous. Right, and that stuff will oftentimes vary company by company, um, and it comes down to ultimately this idea of a communications policy, uh, which um, I advise most uh, companies to implement, certainly remote uh, work companies, to, you know, what's what's expected? What's, when do you use email? When do you text message someone? When do you message them in Slack? When do you call them? Do you just call them on the phone without any warning? Or do you send them a message and say, hey, can we talk on the phone? Like all of those kinds of things kind of come down to the ultimately sort of company culture, but I think that there should be more policy around that. Um, maybe expectations, you know, maybe um, it, it could be loose, but but I think people need some guidance around, around that um, just to know what's expected of them because these can come in conflict. If you say to people, for instance, oh, we've got flex time at our company, um, you know, you need to be at meetings, but other than that, whenever you get your work done is fine. And you have a policy that if you get a Slack message, you need to respond to it within five minutes. Those things are exactly. clashing with one another, mm-hmm. right? You know, the, the you can't go pick the kids up at school and try to be, you know, uh, text messaging, Slack messaging, you know. And, man, I've done it. I, I remember distinctly sitting in line to pick up my son at school and, and responding to Slack messages on my phone. Um, but... You know, let's just, it's better to be a little bit more um, thoughtful. Yeah, a little more planful, intentional. Intentional, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. There are are some misconceptions about working from home, um, and I use air quotes there, but you can't see them. I know that in a previous job... Air quotes around yeah. working from home or air quotes around oh, misconceptions? Oh, no, working from home, definitely. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I remember in a previous job um, when people said they were working from home, there are those air quotes again, on Fridays um, or on Monday mornings, usually that meant they were either planning a long weekend or experienced a long weekend. Right. They say, I'm going to be working from home on Friday, and they're miming a golf club swing. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you're not doing anybody any favors I, here. I think, I think yeah. that's changed. And at least the connotations have for me. I, I 
definitely trust all the people that I work with. Um, when people say they're working, they are generally working from what I can tell. Um, there are other misconceptions around distributed work and working from home. Do you want to speak to some of those? Uh, y- yes. <laughs> I I think that, you know, t- to try to not get too into the weeds on this, I think that it's an issue mm-hmm. of trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Yonder podcast, the word trust comes up a lot. Um, I think that managers who are used to managing people by looking at them, <laughs> by, you know, when we think of sort of the... Uh, turn of the 20th century style uh, factory space, right? The managers have this elevated office that's elevated above the factory floor so that they can look down and see that people are working. Um, That doesn't really work in the electronic age because just because someone's sitting behind a computer doesn't mean that they're not on Facebook or not really working. You know, we, we need to, you know, and, but it still has that sort of primal kind of trust building thing. Like I can see them. So therefore I can trust them. And I think for a lot of those managers, there's this feeling that if you can't see people that they won't be trustworthy, right? That they won't act in a trustworthy way. It has been my experience um, that if you start to trust people and allow them a certain amount of autonomy, most of them will rise to the occasion. Uh, I think another a very important part of managing is to provide really clear expectations so that people know what a good job looks like and they can actually, you know, they're, they're clear on what they need to do. Um, because, you know, it can be really difficult being an employee. I mean, we try to find some, you know, empathy for these workers who might be slacking off. They might just not know what to do? You know, they might be unclear. They might not have direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so to provide some direction. Um, and then, you know, feedback and and not monitoring exactly. Uh, you know, one of the things I say is that it's basically impossible to micromanage as, as a manager of remote workers, um, which is really great if you're a remote worker. You know, we, we need to allow people to kind of like I said, sort of, sort of rise to the occasion. Um, you know, we need to, there needs to be feedback mechanisms. We need to check in daily, weekly, whatever, to kind of just check to see how people are doing. And, and oftentimes, uh, a lot of the newer tools uh, around what work means, you know, things like if, you know, both of us have run, uh, digital agencies that do development, mm-hmm. computer programming, web development in particular. But um, but around those tools, there you know you can see when someone has checked in their work and what they've done and stuff like that. There are these sort of feedback mechanisms. Um, I don't know quite how those mechanisms work at all companies if in different environments. Uh, there are there are all sorts of metrics kinds of tools that have been built from everything from telecommunications companies, you know, customer support companies and stuff like that. There are tools out there to help us manage more based on results rather than whether butts are in seats. Yeah. And those are, those are better. It's a better way to go, right? To, to, you know, let people work, give them autonomy. You won't know for four days, three days, a week, maybe whether anyone's working. But when you get to that cycle where you can check in on those metrics, you'll have some idea 
Um, and then you also need to c- kind of create a culture where you can have frank conversations with people. Maybe you do daily, especially for companies that are new to this, do daily phone calls. They don't need to be that long, but it's just like, how's it going? How are you adjusting to this remote work thing? What's, what's going well for you? What's difficult? Is there anything I can help with? You know, like to, to talk holistically about what's working, but also what doesn't work. And some companies don't have a, have a company culture that supports that. I think that Gary Cole's character in Office Space, uh, what was his name? Bill, Bill Lumberg. I think he would, I think his mind would explode not being able to micromanage people. And I think the, the thought of trusting other adults to do the work that they should be doing would just blow his mind. I don't think he could exist. Well, they, and the key word there is adult. Uh, you know, uh, running my company, Lullabot, uh, I had multiple people come in and say, oh, wow, this is the first job that I've ever had where I felt like I was treated like an adult. You know, where I was trusted, where I was given autonomy, where I could do some self-managing, and where I was allowed to be vulnerable, Mm. right? To talk about what's not working. Uh, There's this sort of alpha culture kind of thing, a lot of sort of a stereotypical startup culture, but this exists at lots of companies where people are expected to only share their triumphs, their wins. And it's kind of a winning culture. Um, tends to be sort of a gender male kind of vibe kind of thing, which can be difficult in its own way. What happens managing at any company, especially, you know, co-located company, is that managers become really well attuned to looking for those micro expressions, those difficult, you know, when are people not really saying what's really going on? When are they having difficulty? When, you know, what what is their dif- difficult in order to. Uh, not not to attack them, to, but to help them to to you know oh okay maybe we need to do you need some help with this oh I guess I do yeah actually now that you mention it um, but in a remote work environment um, that stuff can get hidden quickly I I do think that managers should still ask but we also need to create a culture and and precedence right this needs to be you can talk about it but until other People at the company see other people doing it and it actually working out where they say, you know, I was just completely unproductive yesterday. I had all these tasks I wanted to get do, uh, get done, but my kid is sick and my other kids are home and I'm just having a really hard time with this remote work thing. And to have the manager not go like, well, you're fired, you know, like to have to have it be like, okay, well, what can we do? Do you want to try and work evenings? Do you want to try like, let's, we're all right. in this there together. Options. Remember that we're all in this together, you know? Um, and you know, and it's about collaboration and support, but it's also about learning, um, and employee development, you know, I mean, this is about, uh, people being not, you know, not, to get the help that they need because they're always going to need help. There may be some of those people, but for the most part, people will get the help they need. They learn and then they don't need that help anymore and they can help other people. Um, And so, you know, I think that this idea of vulnerability is actually has come up a lot on the Yonder podcast um, as, as a key to remote work. Now there are going to be millions of people who are at home trying to do the remote work thing. And I thought it might be a good idea to go through some 
kind of high-level tips of what these new workers from home uh, should consider doing, should consider putting into their regular, um, you know, course of actions that they're going through. And I know that you have an article out, Six Tips for Productively Working from Home, um, that we could... Yes, it, it might, might be, be seven, seven tips okay. by the time it gets posted. <laughs> <laughs> but it will be on the Under website. We'll link to Absolutely. it in the show notes. But let, let's, uh, um, let's, give so, let's give these new, new workers some, some high-level tips here. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the first one that comes up a lot is very tactical. It's, it's to work like a worker, right? Like, you know, get people to get dressed, you know, have a space for your work. Make both some physical space, but also some mental space. Uh, and that could just be as simple as like, when I've got my headphones on, I'm working and don't anybody in the house bother me, yeah. you know, uh, or when I'm sitting at this desk or when I've got the door closed or, and it goes both ways, right? You, there's a message you're sending to the people that you live with. Um, but it's also a message that you're sending to yourself. This is my work chair. If I want to not work, I'm going to get out of this chair and go somewhere and then I'm not working. And you can think to yourself, I haven't sat in my chair enough today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, right? Like I, it feels like I'm not working because <laughs> I'm not in my chair. Whatever those things are, those sort of devices that you use to kind of know when you're working and when you're not working. Because here's one of my sayings. Working from home is living mm. at work, right? We all think, oh, working from home is so great, but it's also living at work. And so you need to kind of create some definition between working and not. You know, that was, that was one of um, the um, things we very quickly learned in the first few weeks of being distributed. Um, and as you, as you mentioned, it, we, we were co-located for the longest time, 10 years, and then three years ago, we, we became distributed. And we kind of had to test it out and try it out. We all started working from home on, you know, for one day a week. And it is so important to have an actual space you can work in. And it's not just about everything you just described, which is very important, but it's also being able to leave that place of work to enjoy the rest of the house and enjoy the rest of the life outside of work. And that act of standing up and walking away from that office chair you just described and the table that you usually work at is also liberating. It gives you the ability to now, you know, process the fact that you are now spending time with your family, walking down this, yeah, take, take a, a break, break. Get, exactly. catch your breath. Yeah. I mean, you know, work is, work is another word for work is effort, right? This is, we are endeavoring at work. It's not easy, right? right? <laughs> they wouldn't call it work if right. it was easy. Uh, and so you need to take a break every now and then. And there are different ways to do that. But if you're kind of confusing what a break is, you know, I sit on my couch to work and I sit on my couch to take a break. Uh, it can be difficult to to feel like you can kind of step away. And, you know, you might have multiple places that you work. It might be that you, oh, you know, I get up in the morning and before I even take a shower or anything, I'll go sit on the couch and work for like two hours, just catch up on all my communication. And then I take a shower and then I go into my office and I work there for another couple hours and then I go to the gym and then I work at Starbucks in the afternoon. You know, like it's, lots of times people are kind of changing it up 
some. They have sort of multiple places. Um, you know, there are any number of ways. I think it's important pe- for people to kind of experiment some. And ultimately, this is about kind of finding productivity. Find find your points of productivity. What what works for you? What are your sort of internal productivity rhythms? Um, and and to work with those. I mean, uh, especially if if your company is amenable to working relatively flexibly. Um, it's hard It's hard not to work flexibly when you're working from home um, just because, you know, things that in office, if you go sit in the, the lunchroom at the office, you still are at the office, right? Whereas if you go sit in your kitchen for lunch at home, you're at home. And so it feels, it feels like I can't build, I'm not working now. Like, whereas if you're in the, uh, the, the lunchroom in, in the office, like I'm, this is part of my work day. Um, and so, you know, and then I, I, I joked in the, the intro for the Yonder podcast, uh, that, you know, they, they get things from kids and dogs and laundry, laundry building up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That, you know, that's just sitting there and it's like, uh, I'm not being productive right now. I'm going to do laundry. That's okay. That's okay. Maybe that's your break, you know? Uh, but you also need to kind of be, you find that, harmonic rhythm uh of 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 work so that you know that you can be productive the other thing is i just need to say this this is not particularly helpful to those managers who are listening so maybe those managers could go have a little snack right now and i'll just speak to the workers you're not usually very productive during the day at your <laughs> office anyways. Let's be honest. Between the going, you know, the, the lunch break and the stopping by people's offices and connecting and, you know, all these things that kind of amount to connecting and culture and talking about how things are and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like my experience working at, a, at an office was that I, if I got four hours of productivity a day, like that was good. That was a really good day. Uh, um, and so, you know, I just want to encourage everyone. Okay, managers, you can go back. Uh, um, I want to encourage everyone to cut themselves some slack here. Like, like we need the, it's it's more about getting the work done, and less about exactly the number of hours that it that it it took. Um, um, you know, we want to try to get more results oriented if we can. Um, and not quite get so caught up, but, but, you know, but for everyone to acknowledge a certain amount of humanity, uh, and, um, all of that, you know, that kind of comes with that vulnerability. Now there are some other tips that are in your, uh, article. And one of them is a word you made up, I think, over communicate. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I Googled, I think, I think it's a word, but my spell checker just doesn't know it. So I, I, the title of that section is over communicate, over communicate, over communicate, which I figure three times is (laughs) but all of them have little squiggly lines underneath them because, because this Google docs is saying, what is this? Um, Communicate too much. There is no such thing as over communication in a, in a remote environment. Uh, there are entire books that have been written to limit communication in a, uh, you know, typical office space, right? To, to, you know, we don't, CC people that don't need to respond. Only people who are, we're going to expect a response from this email should get this because we want to, you know, limit people's inboxes and we want to minimize meeting time and we want to, you know, all of this kind of stuff. But in a remote environment, this is how you know that 
people are around you. This is how you know that people are working, both as a manager and as staff, that you know what you know, that your manager is seeing what you're doing. This is how we connect. Uh, A lot of these books talk about you need to send out um, uh, an agenda for the meeting before the meeting. uh, And then when you, everyone gets to the meeting exactly on the minute that the meeting starts. In fact, maybe you should not start the the meeting at two o'clock. You should start the meeting at two Oh seven so that people will know how serious you are about the exact time that the meeting is starting. And then exactly at two Oh seven, you, you start that agenda and hopefully you're done by two twelve. you know, like get it, get it over with. Um, that doesn't really work in a remote environment. First of all, people will be there on time because they 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 don't get dust, uh, distracted getting to the video conference. There may be technical problems that you'll need to overcome in your first first few weeks. Uh, but as people kind of get the headphones working and kind of figure out which buttons to press to get Zoom up and running or get into the conference line or or whatever it is, talking about the weather, talking about. Uh, the virus, the, you know, all the stuff that, that is the human stuff is actually really good because we need some non-purposeful communication in our lives just as humans. We just need to, in order to connect and trust each other and, and feel like we're being heard, we need to be able to do that. And, uh, and pretty much all communication in a remote work environment is purposeful which is kind of a good thing, right? Uh, um, you, you're not, there's not a lot of peripheral stuff that's unintentional that's kind of coming in to confuse you and distract you and all that kind of stuff. But if we're not also sort of intentional about non-purposeful kind of things, you know, just kind of checking in, how's everybody doing? Is everybody okay? Good. You know, like, um, then we start to lose that connection. So build that in. Start the meeting at 2 o'clock, and then maybe at 2.07 you can kind of start to get around to the agenda um, and, yeah, and that kind of thing. But there is, you know, there are a whole lot of communications methods these days. Slack is, is, is one that uh, is very, very popular with remote companies and oftentimes has been tried in co-located companies. If you work at a co-located company, perhaps there's somebody tried to set up Slack at some point because they heard how great it was, but it just didn't catch on. It's because th- that type of communication, this sort of transparent, public slash private kind of thing where two people can have a conversation in a room and other people can kind of see what's happening, but don't, aren't obligated to jump in. So it's, you know, it's, it's private in that it's a private room only to be seen by the people who are in that room, but public because everyone in that room can see it, but it's still a conversation that's just happening between two or maybe three people. And you could pull somebody else in, you know, at, sign them at Yvonne. Hey, what do you think about this? Can you, can I get your comment? It's kind of not needed in a lot of office environments, particularly if you've got like that sort of typical office, open office space where that stuff is sort of happening anyways, sometimes to the annoyance of other people in the office, uh, you know, it's, it's not needed, but it's a good thing for remote work because you, you can get a lot of that peripheral communication. That's, that's the over communication. And I should say, uh, you know, one of my sayings uh, around remote work, at least from my perspective, is that people should CC liberally, which I know is exactly the opposite of how uh, a lot of companies uh, encourage their people to uh, use email. But 
my philosophy is that if you are in the CC line, you are not expected to reply to this email. Um, it's just peripheral information. It's just, we're keeping you it's, in the loop. It's interesting um, that you talk about email because I found that since being a distributed company, we've relied internally much less on email. All of our communications happens either in Slack in real time over Zoom for video um, or in an issue queue or in a wiki or somewhere where we're actually documenting things. And the only email that I think I am the only person who uses email um, in the whole company, and it's usually to talk to clients and um, to talk to new business prospects. It's external. Even even our clients are using Slack and um, the tools we use. So it's um, I'm sure there are different modalities and different companies, but it's just interesting that you know it didn't even occur to me that email was something that you would use internally. Well, email is a very low common denominator, right? Uh, like the telephone, kind of everybody who's in business is expected to have, have an email address, right? Especially for people who are new to this whole remote working thing. You don't need to bite off too much stuff at once, right? You can just use the same tools, the telephone and email that you've been using, and you can use with virtually anybody on the planet, well, the phone probably more so than email, but still... You know, like, you could do all the work with just those things. Uh, you know, conference calls, telephone. I, I'm a big believer in telephone conference calls. I think a lot of people think these days that remote work is going to be all about video. I like the phone. I, I, I find that I can, I'm worried less about the expression I'm making. or what I can be more thoughtful and pick my nose or what. I, you know, like, I don't need to kind of worry about where I'm sitting and how people can see me and, and stuff like that. I can really focus on the conversation itself and, um, and, and, and also I can do it from wherever, right? I can, uh, if I need to hop in the car, I can put on my Bluetooth headset and, and do that or, you know, whatever. That's um, one of your tips too, and, right? And, well, yeah. I mean, I think another misconception around remote work is that it will be all email is that it will be all, here's the word, uh, asynchronous communication, right? That we won't have conversations with each other. We will just send each other these paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of email, and then we'll be all, you know, obligated to absorb. Oh, what what am I being asked to do? Oh my gosh, I don't think I understand it all. Oh, now I've got to write paragraphs of email. Well, did you mean this? But you know, it's like the, for particularly things like that, right? Requests, um, what, what I call strategic communication, where we're doing the planning, the planning work, as opposed to tactical communication, mm -hmm. which is the work, the work work, right? <laughs> uh, um, for, for the strategic stuff, um, synchronous communication works way better. Brainstorming, again, that word syncing up, you know, uh, like, hey, let's just sync up on this. I want to let you know what I'm thinking around it uh, and what's kind of expected and what the client's looking for um, so that you can get go heads down and do your tactical work. For you know, when things get confusing like that, if an e you're finding that an email is longer than three paragraphs and you're really just sending that email to one person, like, pick up the phone. Um, I do recommend scheduling phone calls, um, even if it's just to say in Slack or, or even just a text message like, hey, could you talk at the top of the hour? 
maybe it's, you know, it's only 10 minutes from now, but could you talk at the top of the hour to give people a chance to, you know, you're kind of respecting their space, their privacy, you know, when we're, when a company is, has people working at home, you know, we're in their home (laughs) and, and you don't know if people are eating lunch or whatever. And if you, you, you know, do a FaceTime call with them and you know, they're on the toilet, you know, it's like, what do I do with my boss is FaceTiming me? Like, I feel like I need to answer, but you know, like, like don't put people through that. Right. You know, don't just respect that, you know? And, and the other thing is, is, is the issue of context shifting, uh, which managers will know, but staff may not, you know, people, workers may not be as familiar with that concept, but, if you're working heads down and someone calls you to shift you from thinking in a very tactical problem solving kind of way to more of a zoomed out wide, you know, do you think that this is the right way to go? And it's, it's actually really hard to switch your mind from one of those to the other, you know, I mean, if the, and the phone call will always take precedence. So you can switch into that mode pretty, pretty quickly. But when you hang up the phone to switch back to writing that thing or coding that thing or whatever that is that you're doing um, is difficult. So it's nice oftentimes, you know, if I'm in the middle of, I don't know, composing an email or, or something and somebody texts and says, Hey, can we talk at the top of the hour? And I say, I, I think this thing I'm working on, is going to take me a little bit longer. Let's talk at quarter past the hour. Um, and of course I'm, <clears throat> I'm talking about quote unquote the hour here because I'm used to, uh, remote companies working across mm-hmm. time zones. Um, and that's a way of talking about time, uh, that's, that's not specific, that's yeah. more relative, relative than, than, and, uh, that won't be so much of an issue for, for people who are in the same city, uh, just all working from home. But, but, uh, it's a way that we remote people talk about these kinds of things or we or we talk about we add the time zone onto everything we take hey can you talk at noon eastern today um because in a remote company where people are spread out across time zones noon exactly means nothing. exactly <laughs> there are there are 24 yes, noons are. a day <laughs> uh, i love the idea yeah. of picking up the phone on then we actually do that at 10 7 um we have a little rule like if there is a back and forth of more than half a dozen interactions in slack then maybe it's time to go to the zoom like if you are if you are trying to hash out a problem in slack and you're just not getting your um idea across or it's just not working out maybe that means there's a time for a modality change and so like the rule is half a dozen go to zoom yeah i'd say half a dozen's a lot five Uh, or six back and forth yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Um flex time, we oh. mentioned that earlier. There's something about working remotely where if you embrace flex time, that's like that's another tip I think that we should talk about because it really lets you time shift your day. It, it makes your life a whole lot easier with your family. You can pick kids up if you need to. What like what other thoughts do you have around that? This is going to be difficult for a lot of managers who are new to this, who are managing a remote team for the first time. Uh, this idea that people might not be working um, at two o'clock in the afternoon uh, is really freaky. Um, and maybe you need to ease into this. The, the, part of the thing is, is I, I write this up in my article. Like, I feel like no one is really professional 
We pretend to be professional and we can pull it off for about eight hours a day. (laughs) But part of it is knowing that when those eight hours are over, we can go home, we can put on sweatpants. That's probably just an American thing, but it's a thing we do. So I'm just going to say we can put on sweatpants and we can collapse on the couch in a wholly unergonomic manner. And we know that we've got that. And so you can kind of pull off eight hours. When you're working at home, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things that are happening. Um, and I, and, and it even just comes down to this kind of respect thing. I, and I, I just mentioned this earlier, but, the, you know, like, we're in, as companies, we are invading people's homes. Like, we're being invited into their homes. So let's be respectful. And let's allow them to kind of define self-manage and kind of define when and how they're the most productive and allow them to kind of be a little bit more human. I think we can be both human and professional if people need to kind of flex their time. Some they they do as long as, you know, if you've got meetings that people need to be at, they need to be at those meetings. If they've got deadlines, they need to meet those deadlines. Certainly. But Beyond that, uh, if people are going to be more productive at working after the kids have gone to bed or early in the morning or whatever, like, that's okay. That being said, uh, I, I do want to alert people who are new to this that there uh, is a, a problem. <laughs> I'm a little bit hesitant to call this a problem. Um, people who are working from home remotely, remote workers, usually will err on the side of overworking rather than underworking, just to show that they're working. Uh, they, you know, to, to kind of prove that they're working, they will work too much, oftentimes way too much. Um, and so the, the irony is, of course, that managers who are new to remote work are afraid that people aren't going to work enough. It's been my experience, and nearly universal on, on doing over 80 episodes of the Yonder podcast, that remote workers tend to work too much. As a manager, then the problem becomes uh, man- worrying about burnout uh, and resentment, you know, and all these other things that are like, you know, a, a la- so, so by offering time to be a little bit more flexible, um, uh, we we can kind of allow for that because people will work if you if you require them to work the nine to five they will work the nine to five but they'll also check their email at six o'clock before dinner and then they'll check their email at eight o'clock and probably work maybe from eight to nine thirty is because because it was an email that came in and it's not really work work I'm more just communicating you know and 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 these eight hour days quickly become ten eleven twelve hour days so that um, that kind of um segues nicely into one of the other tips you have, which is seek purpose. Um, and the, the necessary, like you basically have to self-manage when you're at home, right? And maybe that's uh, not something you're used to when you're in the office. And you, you're not going to yeah. see your team members. You're not going to see all the people that you work with all the time. So trying to figure out where you fit in into that company might be a little harder. Yeah, pur- purpose is context, right? We, this is about understanding where we fit in. And when we're sitting at home, we don't feel like we're fitting in anywhere. So to be able to visualize w- how does this work that I'm doing, what is the purpose of this work? What is my purpose as a, in my role at the company? In my, and, you know, what, what, is, what is my purpose? What is the 
my team's purpose, the, the department that I'm, I'm working on. What is our purpose? Uh, what is the company's purpose, right? And lots of companies have core values and mission statements and ongoing vision kinds of, kinds of things. Um, but that also needs to, you know, and that can provide some guidance, but that also sort of needs to filter down. So as a worker, um, I think, you know, taking the initiative to ask kind of what is, what is my purpose? Uh, now, here's the forewarning. Some managers may take offense at this, but I think that there are ways of doing it that are, uh, if, if we remember that we're all a team, we're all, we're all headed in the same direction, you know, but to ask, Hey, listen, I've, I've got this thing. You've asked me to do this task. When's it due? When do you need it? How, how soon do you need it? Okay. Here's how long I think it's going to take me, but you know, and giving that kind of feedback, um, who else is working on this? What is the, if you're a company that, that, uh, services company, what is the client need here? Or if you're a, a, a product company, like how does this fit into the, product development, you know, um, and, and to just understand all that peripheral stuff around what you're doing, I think starts to create this sort of warm embrace and purpose, right? That people need purpose. They need, they need to feel important and they need to kind of know that the work that they're doing matters. And so, um, in a company, some of that comes through this primal, kind of stuff just because you're surrounded by people it it feels a sense of purpose i i'm working with these people and they seem nice so that's good that's good enough you know um but uh in lieu of that um you know trying to seek out your purpose um hopefully you know managers will do a good job of of helping people to understand what their expectations are and, and what the purpose is and sort of how things fit in. But if your manager is not doing that, ask, um, at least as best you can. Part of, uh, I think a leader's job is to trust their workers, their team members. Uh, is it? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's part of it. Is it though? I, I, I would say, you know, stereotypically the idea of the untrustful manager is, is more, you know, is going to be the way that the sitcom is set up and not this loving, caring, empathetic, I trusting think, I think trusting if you're a leader manager. and you don't have trust in your employers, you're going to be doomed, especially in a re- remote work environment. Like that's, you are, it's not that you're... Re- I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It is the kiss of death in a remote environment. So, yes. so I, I think what I was trying to say was that's, I think, a big part of being a leader. And I think on, on the other side of the equation um, where you have team members, they also have to trust uh, your leader. But I think a bigger part of it might be um, being vulnerable as well. I don't like if you're a um, team member and you're at home and you're going to experience some sort of isolation because that's that's one of the things you deal with in in a remote environment. You're isolated. I think you have to be vulnerable enough to say, oh, holy crap, I I am. I feel isolated. I feel isolated. Who can I talk to about this? Can I talk to my team member? Can I talk to my uh, manager? Like, I think that's another another tip that's on your list is be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you would l- like, 
<laughs> that either your company culture or your department culture, your team culture uh, will allow for that vulnerability? I mean, I think that there's a lot of these, a lot of companies, you know, have this more alpha culture, uh, you know, where we only share our wins um, and don't share any of the, the difficulties that we have. But, uh, but um, it's really important that we holistically <laughs> are able to share uh, with our managers and our coworkers what we're doing, right? This is the over-communicate part, right? Uh, there's a little bit of over-share as well, right? You know, of like, uh, you know, my kid's sick. My, my dog is barking. My, I need to go walk my dog. I need to, you know, whatever those things are. But also like, I'm, you know, I'm struggling here. Uh, I'm, or I'm confused. I'm lonely, you know, and, and hopefully your manager will be empathetic enough to say, yeah, I could see why you would be lonely. You've never worked remotely before. You know what? Uh, tomorrow let's just set up a, like a lunch call for everybody on the team. Everybody who wants to join, it's just going to get all on, get on video, uh, and we're all going to eat our lunch together and I don't know, talk about whatever the latest HBO show that people are Or coronavirus. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or we'll, well talk about the virus. Yeah. How many people I, do you know that have yeah, it? It seems to be the topic <laughs> of conversation. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, that's not very settling, but uh, okay, sure. You know, I mean, we'll talk about whatever we talk about to connect because we want to connect. That's, that is really important. And the truth is that remote work by default is disconnecting. The, the, the advantage is that we have the opportunity to purposefully reconnect and define how that connecting is going to happen, right? Um, I think that, the, you know, that the, like autonomy is just, it's part of remote work, right? Remote workers are going to be autonomous. They're working on their own. They're working uh, you know, separated from everybody else. So as managers, we need to embrace that. As workers, we need to embrace that. Like there's just a certain amount of uh, autonomy. However, I think a, lo a lot of time that autonomy or the, the trade-off kind of feeling is that, well, since I have this autonomy, I can't expect to also remain connected. You know, I'm going to be isolated because I'm autonomous. And, and that doesn't need to happen, right? I think that we can, we should connect, but we need to be intentional about connecting. As I'm saying, like, Let's start the meeting a little early so we can talk about the weather, you know, whatever those things are, um, you know, but we because we lose some of that nonverbal communication that happens uh, in, an, in an office space. You know, we the the manager can't walk by your cubicle and give you a high five, flap, you know, hey, Bob, great, great work, or a, flap. Or a high five uh, elbow, right? Come on, we got to be. Yeah, well, what are, what are you? There's many reasons that we should not be high fiving right now, um, and but what it means is we need to be intentional. Mm -hmm. Instead of the high five, I need to send an email, and I need to say, "Hey, Bob, I want you to know I really appreciate how you got this thing done on time, uh, under budget." Um, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm really proud of you. I'm great to have you, uh, as a coworker, you're a really nice person to work with. That's a much better message than a high five. It's, it's more work. It's certainly more intentional. Um, but it's all over like more meaningful. It's it is better. better. Um, and, and, and so, you know, it's, it's, I, I, <laughs> 
I could use all of my sayings on this podcast. Another thing that I say is uh, is that remote work is ankle weights for management. Um, <laughs> it's ankle weights for communication. Um, that it's di- it's more difficult, but you are building better muscles, and ultimately, in the long run, it's it's going to be better. Right, you're. It's it's diff, more difficult at first, but once you get used to it, it's a better practice. It's a better workout. I'm trying to f- figure out how to make the ankle weights metaphor go further than it <laughs> actually is. But anyways, but uh, uh, you know, it's 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 difficult at first. It, you need to be very intentional uh, about it, and it's going to feel like a lot of work. But once you kind of get the rhythm of it. Uh, I mean, part of the side effect of all this email and Slack and all this kind of stuff is you're documenting all this stuff. And and if you need to bring new people into the loop, you just CC them on the email or forward the email to them or invite them into the Slack channel or or point them, you know, like like it's all there. Whereas lots of times in an office, you know, it's like, oh, well, you haven't been to the meetings that we've been having for the past three weeks in the conference room. Sorry. Maybe I can have somebody send you the notes. You know, it's just not quite the same thing as 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 um, being able to kind of syndicate all of that information so quickly because it's already kind of stored electronically. We've talked a great deal about um, what new workers can expect. We've gone through the vernacular. Um, I would love to hear if you have any high-level advice for company leaders, either owners of agencies that have always been co-located somewhere or leaders of groups in larger companies that now have to manage 10, 20, 50 people. What are the, what are, what are the nuggets of wisdom for, for them? Uh, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'm, Number I'm one. To, I'm happy Absolutely. to share this information. Uh, I can, I could share small doses of it uh, for free and large doses of it I, I'm happy to do some consulting. Uh, um, uh, Everyone's not the uh, same, right? We can't give the same advice. But it, it's it's difficult because it really has to do with what kind of a company culture you're starting with, what uh, you know, how your com- company communicates, uh, what your company uh, v- values, like what how how. V- value happens at the company and then i guess also the company values like the core values as well like like you know what are, what are those things what you know because there are a lot of companies um i i think i say is you know don't confuse foosball with culture Right. Just because you've got a beer fridge at your company does not mean that that's your company culture. Your company culture may be we drink, we value drinking we like or we or it could be that we value creating things together um but the beer fridge is not culture um and so to some extent by not having those artifacts it doesn't mean that you don't have culture but you just need to kind of rethink what is culture how you communicate what you value what you what you care about um and 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 then Start mirroring that, uh, you know, if, if foosball means, hey, we take things lightly and we have fun. And if anybody wants to take a break at any time, there are lots of ways of doing that in a, in a, in a remote environment as well. Um, it may be scary to jump right into that if you also need to establish the fact that you can get work done. But eventually, you know, if you were to take this on as a more long, long-term kind of thing, um, there are ways of doing that as well. And I could talk and have talked for 
hours and hours and hours about this subject. So like I said, if anybody's got questions, just uh, send, me, send me an email um, uh, or, or give me a call. Jeff at yonder.io um, is where you can track me down in the yonder sense. I also do business coaching. Uh, most of that happens at jjeff.com. Uh, jjeff.com is where you can find me for for that kind of stuff. But um, yeah. It's been so great doing this with you today, Jeff. I feel like I'm going to close it for 10-7 and close it for yonder. It just... I very confusing how I'm going to end this right now, but um, it's just I feel like you have to say something as well. And see your podcast, your podcast says an outro. Yes, you have I a little do. like thing you say at the end, whereas mine, I just say goodbye to the guests and then we play a little music and off we go. So uh, goodbye, Yvonne. It was lovely talking. Well, thank you, with Jeff. You. It was lovely talking to you as well. <laughs> You've been listening to a special episode of the 107 podcast and of the Yonder podcast. You can find us both online. We're at 107.com/podcast and Yonder is at yonder.io. If you have a second, send us a message. We love hearing from you. Our email address is podcast at 107.com and if you need Jeff, just go to yonder.io and fill out the contact form. Until next time, stay healthy, don't touch anything, and sing a song while you wash your hands. This is Ivan Stegich and Jeff Robbins. Thank you for listening.